0: Good morning and welcome back. This is Brad and your host on Vermont Viewpoint here in Waterbury, Vermont. Uh, it was a beautiful weekend. And uh, I mentioned earlier I hiked Mount Elmore on uh, Saturday night. It was 11 degrees. It's my monthly full moon hike. I've been doing it for a lot of years now, I guess. And uh, it was with my uh, Norwegian elk town who loves the cold weather. I dressed, uh, appropriately. It, w- it was a little chilly north wind and I had sat in the parking lot and I wasn't even, I was going, God, do I even want to do this tonight? And, uh, and I did. And when I got to the top, the moon over Elmore was just spectacular and the uh, constellations in the sky, Orion and Jupiter and the uh, moon, uh, you know, brightly off the lake with the ice and stuff. It was just spectacular. And it's a, uh, it's just a, a journey for me. And it's a, it's sort of a cathartic psychiatry. We're in the, we're in the city that had a lot of psychiatry in its day. And I, I do it on a mountain. So our, I've in studio. Um, I'm excited about my next two guests. Uh, Darren Adams is the uh, chair of the Milton Select Board, and Mike Morgan is vice chair of the Select Board. They are longtime Milton residents and have a, a, like a lot of my guests, have a lot of hats, and we'll get into that. Uh, They are... Both running for re-election in the March fifth election, and we'll talk about that as well. But I want to welcome you both to the show.
1: Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, us. great to be here.
0: So, Darren, you, um, you're, are you a lifelong Milton native?
1: Or? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, live a little bit in Fairfax, but uh, most of my life has been in Milton. And your
0: um, your uh doing community service has that been a long time part of your life
1: yeah it was kind of like a a mandatory uh requirement in in the family uh i I used to be uh on rescue and was rescue chief for a number of years and involved in a number of things associated with the ms in, in chittenden county and the state um and uh then uh was looking for a little bit of a change and I ended up going into the, the military late. Uh, I didn't go into the military until I was 31. So it was a second career for me uh, and uh, still in the military. Uh, he just had my boss uh, out here. Uh, it was good to see him this morning uh, and uh, the airfield manager for the Vermont Air National Guard, which is uh, an incredible job.
0: Yeah, uh, so at 31 years old, I think of 18 year olds, right. uh, doing recruitment and going through basic training.
1: How was it at 31? <laughs> I think I had a little bit of an advantage. Uh, I knew that I was going to be okay where, uh, I, I think maybe, uh, 18 year old is a little bit scared and, and thinking that, uh, life is over as, as they know it. Um, but I knew <coughs> that they were just trying to, uh, shape us into, uh, you know, airmen and, and, uh, just, uh, do your part, and do your thing and, and you're going to be okay. Uh, and I think I helped some of the younger, younger guys, uh, understand that.
0: And you mentioned uh, there was family had been involved in in uh, mm-hmm. c- civic service. Yeah, was that with with other things?
1: Yeah, uh, great grandfather was on the the select boards. It's kind of funny. Uh, he was the chair in the in the mid seventies, and uh, we recently had to revisit a uh, a project, uh, and I got to see his signature on on something, and and. Uh, it was uh, interesting. My my uncle, uh, grandfather, was involved in the the fire department for a number of years. Uh, uncle was the the chief, so it was kind of a kind of a thing that that you were going to do something in the town.
0: Well, it's very interesting. Uh, years ago, I was spokesperson for Husky Injection Molding, right. and uh, we uh, had a, a building on uh, one of the row farm properties to Mm -hmm. be burned. Right. And so I went to take pictures when it was going on and backed my SUV into the snow and got (laughs) totally stuck. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to (laughs) do? Well, what happened is three or four or five guys who were doing, you know, five of the firemen Mm -hmm. just without being asked, I hadn't even gotten out of my car. Sure. They could probably hear the spinning tires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they just walked over and they started rocking me out and yep. sent me on my way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yep. yeah, and they're still like that today. We have a, an amazing fire department and one of the more fortunate towns that doesn't have to worry about uh, daytime coverage and it's all all volunteer, which is uh, almost impossible right now.
0: Quite remarkable, uh, Mike Morgan. Uh, public service for you. You.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I guess the way I like to couch it with folks is um, services in my blood. I've done it since I was 17 years old, um, made a decision when I was a, a kid, so to speak, in high school to um, apply to the United States Air Force Academy, which was a, a dream of mine. Um, did so, was very fortunate to have been appointed in my senior year in high school to the Air Force Academy, and served in the military subsequently for 38-plus uh, years from the age of 17 to 56. Um, so I guess you could say, yeah, service is in my blood. That's what I've done all my life, um, my adult life, I guess I should say. And so I've, you know, I catapulted that to back in the late 80s into the late 90s. For nine years, I was on the Milton Select Board. I had my first stint at that. Um because it's being nonpartisan. I had the capability of doing that while still serving in uniform because the hatch act it's called prohibits you from partisan politics while you're serving in uniform. So I was able to do that. And then, um, by that time when I got off in 98, um, family, kids were growing up, needed a little more attention. So stepped away for a bit. Uh, and then fast forward to 2019, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a vacant seat on the board. Got reappointed to the Milton Select Board again. Um, a couple of years prior, I'd run unsuccessfully for the House of Representatives, narrowly lost. But said, "Well, geez, I still want my." Uh, I was out of the military by then. Wanted my finger back in politics because I enjoyed serving. Continue that service, that life of service, and um, got back on the board. And then subsequently been reelected a couple of times, and still there. So been ongoing now for another. Five years, so collectively fourteen years in that capacity, and then amongst or amidst that time, um, also ran again and got subsequently elected to the House of Representatives, and then re-elected a second term in 2022. Um, so I'm wrapping up the second biennium for myself in the House of Representatives. So um, I tell people, service is in my blood; it's what I do.
0: Well, it's, uh, at multi-levels. And we've seen that in, in Vermont. Uh, people from South Burlington, I know, have served on the council and also in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, Jim Condos was, was one of those people. And yes, Thomas Chittenden, who's right. now Chittenden mm-hmm. County Senator. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Sure. Uh, Mike Morgan, what about um role models for you Were there influences in your life that helped you i mean getting into the Air Force academy is quite remarkable Who helped you on your journey
2: well uh, certainly a large influencer for me was my dad it's simple um he'd uh as he'd say he departed high school early and joined the Marine Corps as a kid uh at barely seventeen years old himself um and uh um Came back to Vermont after an active duty hitch of that, and um, ended up eventually getting into the Air Guard and flying for the Air Guard and himself. So, I my dad was my role model in that world, as well as his dad, who'd served um, in World War II in the Army as, as a combat engineer. And um, so, there's a lineage of military history, and it it carried over through the blood to me. Um, and again. Uh, I mean there're certainly other people but those were the two of the biggest influencers for me um and and we have many family members sprinkled throughout that on uh, both my mom and dad's side that served the military. My mom's brother, uh, Charles was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Yes. He was, you know, another person to look up to because he went through some serious stuff over there. That was, that was a, a thing for sure, um, in a very contentious time. But nevertheless, uh, was somebody that stood tall, did his duty. And, and so those people, I look up to all those people and that, that, uh, um, cause my, my dad and I, we collectively tell people we have, uh, 80 plus years of military experience between the two of us.
0: Quite remarkable. And are you a Milton native?
2: Yes, I am. i be celebrating my 63rd birthday this year and uh, all but um, uh, a couple years when I was a kid, when my dad went to flight school, we lived in Texas, but we re- re- retained our Milton residency and then nine years of active duty between the Air Force Academy and uh, five years on a subsequent assignment um, outside of the state. But again, re- you know, retained my Milton residency. So I... Physically have been here, let's see, uh, 63 minus 11. uh, So 52 physically here, but always been a resident for my entire life.
0: What's it like for a Milton boy to go into the Air Force Academy? I mean, is it like dramatic?
2: It was. It was profound in a lot of ways. Some ways I'll talk about and some ways we won't talk about. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, It was just, it's, but it was certainly eye opening because that was 1979. And, um, it was, um, you know, Milton back then was very, very small town. Uh, Vermont was still very, very small town, had a small town identity throughout, even in our city still had a, uh, just an attitude of this is just small town. And, um, uh, so going to that, um, I guess what you're driving as going into that environment was certainly on some level, um, a pretty rude awakening because, um, there's quite a lot expected at you at that. I'm not patting myself in the back, saying that's just a fact. Um, that it's a um, it. I knew it was going to be a major feat. It was a major feat beyond my belief when I got there. It was an eye opener. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah,
0: we're talking with uh, Mike Morgan and Darren Adams. They are both Milton residents, uh, currently serving on the uh, the select board there, and are running for re-election for March 5th um darren what what your daytime job we had, the adjutant general was in here mm-hmm. you you're you're in the vermont national guard yes
1: yep on the air side and uh i have the pleasure of being the airfield manager which is uh one of the coolest jobs uh in the military i, I think uh so we uh, my small section, uh, in my team ensures that the airfield, uh, is always ready and safe for, for operations. And we, and we have something called snow and ice yes, here. Is yes, that part yes, of, of it? Yes, we do. <laughs> yep. And we have the unique, uh, opportunity and, and sometimes, uh, Challenge of, of, we've got, uh, city of Burlington, uh, Burlington International Airport. So they actually run the, the runway and, uh, we work with them on a regular basis to, uh, make sure that, uh, everything is, is safe and, and ready to go. Awesome crew over there that, uh, that help us out quite a bit.
0: Yeah, we've certainly have talked with Nick Longo yes. uh, and he's uh, really doing a great job. But you're a tremendous resource for actually flying in general, right? Right. With plowing yep. and...
1: Yep. Well, we make sure it's it's all ready to go. So we work with our civil engineers uh, and uh, we work with uh, maintenance, security, fire, every component of, of the uh, Air National Guard to make sure that Everything is, is ready to go for the pilots.
0: And that means that if an F-35 needs to take off, it needs to take off. Exactly. Is that right? <laughs> exactly.
1: Yep. yep, yep. We try to always be ready. And and, yeah. uh, and then, you know, Vermont, you just have to wait a minute and the weather's going to change. So then the big push becomes, well, they've taken off, you know, might have launched eight aircraft or something like that. Now you have to make sure that two hours later, uh, that they're going to have a, a safe airfield to come back to. Uh, and that's not always easy, uh, with the weather changes that we have.
0: Yeah. We're a little off topic on, um, Milton, but, mm-hmm. um, coincidentally, uh, General Gregory Knight was on right. and, uh, he was talking about recruitment. You advocate for,
1: you know, working for the guard. Has it been good for you? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's been incredible. Uh, the opportunities it provides are, are amazing, uh, the team that you build the skills that you learn the educational benefits uh and it 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 just i, I don't know uh how the civilian sector can can really compete uh it's uh, an amazing opportunity that I would recommend uh you know I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old stepson I would certainly recommend uh that they consider the the military uh, when the time comes.
0: Yeah, and Mike, are you, are you fully retired from your military work or?
2: Yes, um, like I said, they in order to be able to have gotten into po- partisan yeah. politics yeah. the legislature had to be wrapped up so it wouldn't conflict with the Hatch Act. Um, and yes, so I retired in September of 2017, so I'm almost at this well six and a half, seven year mark of being retired from the guard. Yeah, yeah,
0: and is that? Um, if you were out of politics, can you go back in? Or when you're done, you're done?
2: Uh No, you're truly kind of never done. I believe I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure up until around 70 years old as a minimum, you could always be recalled if. You know, the balloon goes yeah, up as they yeah. say, and things got really bad. Yeah, um, they could reach out and recall you to duty, um, which means you'd have to take off the the uniform of politics and get back into that world and do it. And I would do that in the blink of an eye because it's. Um, I just think it would be the right thing to do. And but hopefully we never ever get to a position where that has to happen. That's just not a good thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into Milton in, in more of the second half mm-hmm. of, of this segment. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your legislative experience, sure. though, and um, how you're finding. You know, are, it, are we a solution-oriented legislature? What What's your viewpoint? Would taxes seem to be high, and
2: uh- <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a, definitely a fiscal conservative, um, and. Sadly, and I highlight it in my reports, I, make, I don't make any bones about it. I've put it right out there with regularity that we're overspending our means in this state right now. And I think you would find that's in direct alignment with Governor Scott of where this state sits today. We added roughly a half a billion dollars of new taxes and fees last year. Um, we're on a vector that can't continue. If that continues, it's it's already breaking the backs of Vermonters. Um and we just have to find a way to stop that, uh, hemorrhaging in Vermont because I, I get emails, phone calls, text messages, face to face with people like, what are you doing down there? Why, you know, you're, you're killing me. And I'm saying, I hear you loud and clear, but we have to have the will of the entire legislature if we're going to halt at the very least, if not reverse some of this, um, because, uh, we're seeing it i think your in your school numbers have dropped the the number of school aged kids have dropped in the state um the demographic shifting the state we're becoming um uh as our planning director Milton, says we're hitting a silver tsunami in mm-hmm. the state the age demographic is shifting right um so we're we're becoming an older population and we have to be mindful of that in a lot of ways um people that are on fixed incomes on pensions uh you know they're uh they're just having to absorb um, heavy, heavy layers of taxation that are just untenable at this point, in my opinion. And I I get accused periodically of beating that drum too hard, but I don't think you can beat the drum too hard on fiscal responsibility and trying to take care of Vermonters because that's that should be our number one charge.
0: And I know you don't have a crystal ball. I'll ask you two questions. One is um, you've been two terms in the legislature. Yes. Are you running for um, in November again? And also – do you think there'll be a pendulum swing? Do you think this is a year when the March budgets are just so, like, over the top that we'll we'll see a cause and effect?
2: I am forever the optimist. And, yes, I am going to run again this fall for a third term. Um, and I am, for, like I said, forever the optimist that I believe that the pendulum it certainly does need to, to center again, whether it will or not. I don't have that crystal ball. But I'm hopeful because... Again, a lot of people reach out to me and to me in many many venues, different venues um, in ways and are just saying, "Hey, enough, Stop." Uh, and of 150 of us in the House of Representatives, I can't be the only person that's getting that feedback. Well in fact, I know I'm not, but I got to believe on some level all 150 of us are getting that message and whether it resonates with folks. Don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but I sure hope it's a favorable thing to um, increase the ranks of the party that I'm in, and the minority party, to to grow our ranks back. Because um, at the very least, we need to try to get some level of parity back in Montpelier. Uh, because I think balance is critical. It's critical and important for all the taxpayers in this state. If Uh, We're going to keep this a viable place to live.
0: We are talking with uh, Mike Morgan and uh, Darren Adams, who are uh, currently serving on Milton uh, Select Board and are running for office for a one-year term and a three-year term. Mike Morgan, three-year. Darren Adams, one year. Uh, This is in Milton. These are contested races. There are three seats up with – Two of them being a one-year um, seat, I believe, and then, That's right. uh, Mike, for the three-year seat. We'll be uh, talking more in the next segment, um, focusing more on Milton and uh, a little bit more on the legislature with, sure. with you as well, Mike. Um, quickly, before the break, Mike, the... Uh, budgets for schools the legislature took this sort of unusual action mm-hmm. to suspend having to vote is is that going to cause problems or what do you see on that what what brought that about
2: uh just because the you know the timber the tenor of what was going on out there we could see um budget Numbers or figures evolving that were just Herculean increases in these districts. Um, I know Milton, I believe alone is sixteen point nine percent increase mm-hmm. they're looking for, uh, and I, one of my other constituent towns out of the six towns I serve is looking between a thirty and forty percent increase, and those mm-hmm. are staggering numbers. I don't c- take whichever one of them you want. Um, so, uh, yes, it was it was H eight fifty was the the bill that was just signed, in fact, on Friday by the governor. Um, but as he said, and I've been, again, beating this drum, it's a Band-Aid. Yeah. And to get my Michael Morgan's humble opinion only, uh, education reform is, needs to be, uh, uh, at, it should be in the forefront of our minds, and we've got to solve it um, pretty quick because it's crushing Vermonters.
0: Mike, uh legislature, we're talking about schools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and there's you said something about band-aid approach, but is 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 there a much bigger issue here that you're seeing?
2: There is. And the governor's been highlighting it for literally years now. And I know he was on the radio uh elsewhere this past week saying those very things that I've been signaling to you all, the legislature, that a bigger picture look needs to look at how we fund education that takes care of quite frankly one of our most valuable commodities, our children. Mm -hmm. And he's saying you guys need to get it right. Um, but it has to be coming from everybody from both sides of the aisle. You could almost say from all three sides of the aisle because we're pretty much kind of a tripartisan legislature when you put Democrats, Republicans, and progressives. Um, it has to be, everybody has to have the will to make that happen or it won't happen. And he's, I believe, I'm safe to say, has been beating that drum. And uh, I know in the last couple of weeks I've been talking with many, many folks in that building because um, we're certainly in session right now. Uh, this ought to be the forefront of everybody's mind that's a legislator, all 180 of us in the House and Senate. And if it's not, um, I think we're sorely mistaken. We're missing the mark. And I think there's still some small things, and I won't try to get into the, two, the nuts and bolts of it, but there's some other smaller things I think that we could do to help this year. But certainly coming back next year, anybody comes back next year, if this isn't topic number one, I think um, that we will have, um, in the military, as you say, you'd be derelict in your duty mm-hmm. not to address this issue. It's that big, in my opinion. Yeah. and. But also, uh, just to pivot off that a little bit, and I don't want to take up all the time, but you know, the government, the governor had his, his, in his big state of the state address, his budget address, um, you know, he talks the three-legged stool, affordability, public safety, and housing. And we still have a long ways to go in those arenas as well. Uh, we haven't hit the mark on every one of those this session either. And I'm not beating up any certain groups of people or people by saying that, um, but by God, like I said, uh, just the feedback I get from constituents, not just in my district, but statewide, that write into me and go, you know, please tell me, Brett Morgan, what's going on here? Why, you know, why, why, why? And I, I, I just tell them that that we pretty soon better start getting our act together in general on how we conduct business in this state. And I know that may sound again, like a broken record, but it's just, I just see that as the truth.
0: Well, the March election probably will kick that off that discussion. If, if, if nothing else, I want to go to the phone lines. Now we have uh, Chris from Waterbury. I want to welcome you to the show, Chris.
3: Uh, good morning, Brad. And thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, good morning to your two guests as well. Um, I'll try to put this in as short a time frame as possible, but, uh, I'm a former select board member of Waterbury at 10 years. Just recently got off the board, but I'm still very active. Uh, I just got off the phone with one of the members from the Housing Task Force. Uh, had a long discussion with him. Um, I spoke to Governor Douglas on the radio the other day, um, about the issues that your guests are talking about, and they're nailing it, um, right, right to the T. Um, well, I'm trying to uh, right now presently put a, uh, I put a, Uh, I requested our select board and town manager to try to put a 10 year projection out, uh, as to what it's going to cost the town taxpayers for municipal taxes for the next 10 years. And I'm also trying to gather up the information from the school sector as to, uh, our year over year, horrendous budget increases and our proposal, at least in the Harwood district of a $91 million, uh, rebuild. And, uh, Trying to get some numbers together to put out there for the taxpayers to maybe get them off their backside to get involved as to what it's going to cost each individual uh, in this state to continue to stay here, um, or <laughs> whether or not it's uh, uh, worth putting a sign up and getting getting the heck out. Um, there'll be a point where taxes will be so horrendous that you won't that your property won't be worth anything. Um, the other thing that I'm trying to figure out is uh, from I just came up with a brainstorm. From Harwood, uh, they want to put 91 million dollars in it to renovate it, and I'm thinking, and I've already put the idea out there that uh, maybe we turn split the split the Harwood Union High School in half, uh, make one half career-based private um, trades industry, you know, trades school try to try uh, to fund that separately and the other half uh, could be remain the public school have them uh, share infrastructure uh, but not share expenses hopefully dropping the cost of the public school part and finding other ways of funding the career-based side to try to make this work because it's absolutely unsustainable. Uh, And I'll get off the phone. I've taken enough time, but uh, I'd love to meet with the two guests and sit and have a cup of coffee and talk about these issues more so you may be hearing from me in the future. Thanks.
0: Hey, great call, Chris. Thank you so much. Uh, Darren, does this sound...
1: Vaguely familiar. Oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, what, what he's talking about is the people that can afford to leave an unaffordable state that that we live in are going to leave. Those that can't afford to leave are going to be stuck with the bill. And uh, when uh, you know Mike talked about the the aging population, uh, that's a statewide issue, but it's specifically a, a Chittenden County. Uh, a bigger problem as well is you've got an aging population, decline in, in in students for the most part in in each of the school districts, huge rising costs uh, that are totally unsustainable. He also talked about the infrastructure needs. Uh, same thing. There was a, a proposal from uh, our school district to uh, build a hundred and ninety million dollar facility, which that alone would be about a sixteen hundred dollar. Uh, tax increase for 30 years, uh, for everyone in town. Um, and we know, uh, that we need to do stuff to, uh, fix infrastructure and improve the, uh, the school facilities, but we can't afford to do something like that. And, uh, something, something needs to change at the, at the state level.
0: So Darren, you're chair of of the Milton uh, Select Board. You have a proposed uh, budget, municipal mm-hmm. budget increase of 2.4. Which, when I heard that, looking at the region, right. you guys are like superheroes.
1: Yeah. How, yeah. How'd you do that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot of hard work. We got incredible staff. Uh, as you know, Don Turner, our town manager, and his team uh, always have. Uh, the taxpayer in mind when, when they come up with proposals and, and, uh, we did that. So what that means to the average taxpayer, if, if you have a $350,000 assessed home, that's a $25 increase in your taxes, which, uh, we didn't even want to do that, but that was really the only, uh, the only choice we had we did that without cutting services and we saw some huge increases in, in payroll and benefit costs uh this year among other things um that uh we were excited to be able to put a proposal forward that you know yes there's an increase but it's a minimal increases as as possible and you know my hat's off to uh our our uh, local school board—they uh, are kind of passengers on a train with no engineer. They don't have much say. Uh, their, their budget is actually, I, I think, like $1.7 million less than the year before, and it's still a 16.9% increase. That's that's just crazy. I yeah. mean, how that how that even works? Uh, that means the formula needs to change. To uh, make this happen, and there has to be a statewide solution to uh, school infrastructure needs. No, no town can afford 90 million in case of of the of, uh, collar, uh, or 190 million, even mm-hmm. the eighth largest town in the state. Mm-hmm.
0: Our caller, Chris, was very generous using backside instead of yeah. some something else. Yes. <laughs> are, do you think you'll see a big turnout in
1: Milton? Are, are, are people going to come out and uh, give you a clue of, of how they feel? I think so. I mean, turnout for town meeting day, unfortunately, is always a little lower than, than we'd like it. Um, but uh, I think uh, there's enough... Uh, Angst about the, uh, the sharp increases in, in, education and, uh, enough concern about affordability in general in Vermont that, that, that folks will come out and, and do that. There's been a lot of early voting, which, which is good.
0: So Mike, Milton is geographically large, like a lot of Vermont towns. You, you extend down to, you know, uh, south and, and up towards Georgia and, Colchester to the south, Mm -hmm. uh, either Westford. I don't know if you border Westford. We do. We do. And Uh maybe even Fairfax. Mm -hmm. Um, Lake Champlain. Yes. I mean, you're all over the place. Mm -hmm. We are. Um, What does that mean for having sort of a community feel? What? Um, you've got industry. You've got local businesses. You've got everything. Do you, sure. Do you have a community still?
2: We do. We – and, in fact, i still say we boast one of the best communities in Vermont. Absolutely. And I can say that with good surety because if I put my other legislative hat in Montpelier, many of the services and things that we bring to the table in the town of Milton are the envy of the state – um, for instance, and I will, I won't try to be exhaustive and, and go at, at infant, you know, and I'm on this, but, uh, for instance, we are now a paramedic certified rescue organization in the in the town of Milton, Vermont. That is huge. and I think Darren would agree with that, mm-hmm. having been a Absolutely. former rescue chief. That is a big deal. And the envy I can guarantee you, of many, many communities, including some cities uh, in this town that don't or in this state excuse me, that don't have those capabilities. We have innovation going on at so many levels, as I've said it over and over again, our most valuable resource, our 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 town employees are just uh I, I'm awed by what they do on a daily mm-hmm. basis for our town and our, our retention rate with them. And we've shown them love with these um, negotiations and keeping salaries on parity in the community by um, because their our retention rate. I believe I'm not speaking off mark, but more than half our employees have been there five years or more, which is big. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at so many different things, our, our, our road crew, the stuff they do that's innovative and saves the town tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's just mind-blowing and staggering that we get so much done in a town that is just, I still call it a little town, even though it's almost 11,000 people or a small town, we got a big identity with what we get done.
0: Nice. We're talking with Mike Morgan and Darren Adams. Uh, Mark, I want to uh, welcome you to the show. Thanks for your patience and welcome this morning.
4: Well, thank you. Um, I'm on a speakerphone, uh, so don't you can hear me uh, by quiet driving as possible. Uh, One thing, so I have many years worked parts of Vermont, both in social services and education. I know Vermonters have been able to get through when times have been tough. with everyone moving in and I say this, let me start this. You have a lot of money You can buy to the limit and since COVID, far post COVID, it seems like we got a lot of people going through Milton, Georgia, St. Albans, Fairfax, buying up and actually driving the prices high and actually for the rest of us, you know, it's... I don't believe in the trickle-down theory. So I'm not necessarily calling for rent stabilization or whatever or speculation tax, but it is in the back of my mind. And I just think Milton is on the edge of that tipping point. And this is something I just want folks, you know, you're, you're, you're there in Milton just to think about, you know? Great. And I'll, I'll end on that note.
0: Great points, Mark. Thank you for the call. We appreciate that.
1: Darren or Mike, you want to? I mean, it, it's that affordability issue, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a, a statewide problem. Uh, you know, he does bring up a, a point that that Milton is kind of, uh, I put it in air quotes, the, the last affordable place to, to live in Chittenden County. But it's Chittenden County. Uh, no part of Chittenden County is, is, is affordable right now. And uh, you put that together with, uh, you, you know, you kind of – hinted around it a little bit, but the aging population, now you're going to have retirees paying for uh, everything uh, that's increasing and uh, the cost of housing and, and everything. So our, our team is really looking at how do we address the affordability issue with the aging population in mind. Uh, we have to have the the services we have to have the infrastructure, but we have to be able to pay for the services and infrastructure, infrastructure and uh, that's a constant challenge that, that we go on.
0: What have been the benefits of... Uh Industry or or manufacturing like Husky in right. in mm. Park what what has that done for Milton
1: Yeah it, it's 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 a big and right now we're lucky despite inflation and high interest rates and the high cost of everything that there are um, I don't know if you've driven through Milton recently but there's quite a, a lot of uh, construction going on and uh, businesses either expanding or moving to Milton and, mm. and bringing jobs with them uh, There's there's a couple uh, Peerless is, is expanding in, into Milton. That's going to yep. bring ninety jobs. Um, there's there's other businesses that uh, have just recently built and are already looking to expand. Uh, it's it's critical that we're working with them to to support that because that's going to help with affordability. Mm. Is bringing in a, a business to invest, uh, create jobs, and and reduce the tax burden, the property tax burden on on residents. The,
0: uh, I want to do a shout out to Milton Veterinary, uh, services yeah. on Route 7 there. Mm-hmm. We, uh. Both our dogs go there. <laughs> yeah. They, they helped us with a, a, a really hard case and mm. they were absolutely so wonderful. I can't yeah. say yeah. enough yeah. about yeah. them. Yeah. Just top notch. Good yep. job. Um, Mike, is, does Milton's, are you in a TIF district or, or is there, because of Husky, there had been an agreement. We
2: are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're, there's some things in the works with some of that that will, could be talked about down the road, but probably not all today. But, um, yes, we are. And, uh, just to piggyback on someone's Darren saying, I think a big key, um, to our growth in the town is infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we have capacity in Milton. Our wastewater facility, for instance, is only about a third of its capacity being utilized. Yeah. So we've even reached out to neighboring towns and offered that availability. So far, that's not been taken up or the offer's not been accepted or utilized. Um, but, you know, we have Champlain Water District flows into Milton. We have sewage capacity and wastewater capacity. Um, and... We have room for expansion to, like Darren Mm -hmm. said, to expand that base. And that's part of what protects your TAC base, too, is, is to keep that encouragement. You know, it's a fine line. you know, back at the state hat on, we don't want to postage stamp Vermont out, but we want to keep the cores developed, keep, um, you know, there's got to be a fine line balance of needing some level of that base to, to help stabilize taxation in Vermont. And I think we're doing a tremendous job with being very mindful, like Darren said, as we have that, that aging demographic, finding a way to find that balance so that we aren't making those people vote with their feet and depart the state. It's, right. it's, it's a real fine line right now and we're, um, so it's gonna, the next few years
1: are gonna be interesting. One of the big TIF projects that we just got a win on this last Friday was, uh, purchasing, um, four plus acres of, of land, uh, right in the center of, of Milton at, uh, Route 7 and Middle Road, uh, in the intersection there, right across from the post office. And, uh, our plan that's been in the works since before, uh, I could even vote was to rebuild that intersection of of Middle Route Seven and Railroad, which is a high crash intersection. Um, and then uh, in the last ten years, we've been working on a plan to uh, build what's called the Hourglass, which would r- redo the intersections there, make it safer, uh, and uh, create a uh, a park uh, in the middle of it, public space, and then uh, be able to develop the uh, the downtown that Milton's always been missing. We don't have that leasable space uh inventory right now and uh so that makes it hard for a startup company or somebody who wants to uh move services into Milton to to be able to do that and uh I think this will kick start that and address some of the affordable housing Issues as well, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So Betsy Bishop, uh, Chamber President, mm-hmm. said they estimate Vermont needs forty to eighty thousand new homes. Right, is Milton part
1: of that? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and that's that's a difficult balance. Uh, you know, Milton's always been a, a bedroom community because you're between St. Albans and, and the Burlington area. Uh, so and uh, not having all of the, uh, the the businesses in there that that we would like to to, to help support it is uh, that balance issue. Uh we we don't want to put too much on on property tax payers any more than we already have. So
0: Well, a 2.4 budget increase, uh, good job to both you and the uh, yeah, council and to you. your to your uh your town manager Don Turner, mm-hmm. uh Darren Adams and Mike Morgan March 5th, uh council, select board, uh, race, uh, wish you the best, and uh, Great. thanks for telling us about Milton and all the do exciting it. things that are happening there. You bet. Uh, I... I think our listeners are going. Maybe we should move to Milton. Two point four percent increase.
2: Yeah. We, we we try to be the envy of that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a it's a great it's a great town, and uh, yes, obviously yes. you you both show a lot of pride in it. And, we do, and we thank you for your service in all capacities. Nice thank, it, you. Thank, you. thank you, Appreciate it, Brad. This is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint. Join me tomorrow morning, Chris Palermo, Morristown Select Board race, and a Waterbury. Uh, uh, he, he was around here for a long time. David McWilliams from St. Albans and Sarah Carpenter, Burlington City Council race. Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint. We'll see you tomorrow.